0: Hey, it's Anne-Marie, just you and I hanging out on this podcast, no yesterday, because International Women's Day is coming up soon, and I wanted to spend some time speaking about three lessons, three insights that I have learned from the thousands of interviews that I have done on Women in Leadership podcasts. it's one of my podcasts, this is this particular podcast that you're listening to, I recorded specifically for that podcast, as well as having the opportunity to MC and speak with women in leadership, uh, speakers from all over the world. Um, in online summits and, and women in leadership summits as well, because I think it really speaks into the whole topic around equality, breaking the equality bias for a sustainable tomorrow. And I, and I know they've got that hashtag, uh, break the bias. So I'm also going to be sharing this particular topic on the other two of the podcasts that I do, Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, as well as the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. Reason being is that I think the things that I want to talk about today can relate to all of us, no matter whether we're a woman in leadership, in corporate or in business, whether we have a faith-based business because we love the Lord, we're we're Christians and, and as some of you may know, you may not know, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord and and um, you know, my faith is very important. My Lord is very important to me in, in my life. And then as vicious entrepreneurs as well, even men, if you're listening today and you're thinking, well, this is not a topic relevant for me, guess what? Don't click stop. Um, don't click forward onto the next episode. Reason being is I've spoken to many men as well and they have admitted to me that they also can experience things like imposter syndrome, lack of confidence. But there's one thing that often they will do and they'll just get on with it anyway and I think sometimes as women what we end up doing is we just wait for things to be perfect wait till we build enough confidence but as one of my mentors once said you don't need confidence more confidence you just need courage to step out and then step out again and again and again and before long that thing that seemed so big and so huge and so scary no longer is because guess what you are doing it so I think we can learn from Many, many people, no matter what gender, no matter what age, we all have an insight or insights that we can share and I hope that today some of the stories that I share and the learnings that I've learned and applied are going to be really helpful for you too, particularly around the area of bias. So I looked up the word bias on Google and this was the explanation that uh, came up. Inclination or prejudice for or against one person or group, especially in a way considered to be unfair. Now, as I mentioned, I have had the privilege of interviewing thousands of women from all works of life, backgrounds, different um, levels of seniority, and more recently, having MC'd online women and leadership summits there were some things that these women said that were so relevant to this particular topic around equality and bias and that leads me to lesson 1 and that is what lens are you looking through and is it time to change the lens you'll know, I'll I'll share a little bit more about why I came up with that lesson. But I wanted to share a principle that I learned years ago from one of my mentors. And that is this, you will find the evidence you need to prove your belief is true. You'll find the evidence that you need to prove your belief is true. So if you have a belief, and I'm not talking about a belief as in faith, as trust in the Lord, I'm talking about a belief. You believe that the sun is going to shine tomorrow or you believe that it's going to rain because that's just what's going to happen, the weather forecaster said that, you know, I'm talking about a belief because we can change those sort of beliefs. Some beliefs are, are very much embedded and it takes a little while to change beliefs. Some beliefs are helpful, other beliefs are not as helpful so they'll hinder us so beliefs can be helpful beliefs can also hinder us depending on what that belief is let me give you an example if you believe that all cars people all car salespeople, i should say are untrustworthy then most likely when you meet uh, another car salesperson or you go into a car yard you are most likely going to be using that lens and looking and observing and judging that person that is speaking to you through the lens of, <laughs> I'm going to keep an eye out because I don't trust you and what you're going to say, and you're going to try and, um, you know, put pull one over on me or whatever saying that you have in your particular country. I don't trust you, so you're constantly looking out for things, things that they might say which may be untrue. You might also be someone who can observe certain mannerisms, and you're thinking, hmm, they've just pursed their lips or. Their eye, you know, brows are kind of going pretty weird. Did they just tell me a little fib? And what you're doing is you are looking out, you are checking them out to see whether or not you can catch them out in a mistruth. Because guess what? Salespeople within car yards, they're untrustworthy. And the minute, the moment that you feel, that they are being untrustworthy or you might be someone that kind of is silent and kind of nods your head "Hmm, all right well let me just think about that and uh, i'll get back to you if i'm interested but you are out of that showroom and you are not looking back you are not going back because guess what you have just confirmed that your belief yet again This particular car salesperson is untrustworthy, just like all of the other people that you have met who are car salespeople who are also untrustworthy. So, I mean, I'm generalising, aren't I? But let's be honest. There are certain things that we have, certain beliefs that we have. And that we go, That mm-hmm, that is true because, you know, I, I have not yet met any car salespeople who are trustworthy. And by the way, if you happen to be a car salesperson, please forgive me. I know there are many awesome car salespeople out there and, uh, yep, you might have your shrunky ones but you, I'm sure, because you're a listener of this podcast, you have integrity, you have excellence and your customers probably love you and recommend Mind you too so I'm not talking about you just all of the other ones all right now let me give you another example you might be able to relate to this one when I talk about public speaking what just happened did you feel empowered because you love getting up in front of people because you know that you are going to have an opportunity to share something that could literally change the lives of one or more people in that auditorium with the content that you're about to share or did you feel some fear? Because when you think about public speaking, you know that you're terrible at it. You look at what other people are doing, and you are nowhere near to the caliber of how they speak. They hold themselves with air and grace, with a professionalism and confidence that you hope for that you wish for but yet is just not something that you've been able to achieve so that one time that maybe one of your colleagues or maybe one of your business friends has encouraged you to speak up at this business network meeting and you think okay I'm going to do it I'm going to do it and you stand up and then before you know it your mouth is you know and your words are not in sync with your mouth and you forget what you were going to say you might even want that I did this I I introduced myself using my Twitter handle uh, and Anne-Marie Coach which it is rather than Anne-Marie Cross but you know what I don't mind having a laugh at myself so I just laughed and I just said you know what that is my Twitter handle so write that down my name is actually Anne-Marie Cross but if you want to hang out on Twitter it's Anne-Marie Coach. You know, so anyway, I digress. But what I'm saying is so you get up and you make some mistakes and then you're so fixated on those mistakes and not wanting to make another mistake that you do make another mistake and then you're horrified at the amount of ums and ahs that you do and when you finish speaking... There are over a dozen things that you have mentally put in your notepad, in your mind, in your your, your mental pad that says, here are yet another dozen things that prove my belief is true that I am terrible at public speaking. And when I find my friend who encouraged me to speak, I am going to, oh, why did I say yes? But guess what? You have just confirmed your belief to be true that you are a terrible public speaker. You can use the same principle of you seek evidence you need to prove a belief of yours is true when it comes to biases as well. When it comes to biases as well. Now, I'm not saying that there is no such thing as bias. There's no such thing as discrimination. Absolutely not. I've been in workplaces that have been horrendous, and some of them when I just started out in my career, and I wish that I would could go back to that younger me and say, you know what, hold your head up because, because the way that manager is speaking to you and you know how that person yelled at you and got a couple of inches away from your face and swore at you Because you dared ask a question that a customer had asked and you knew that customer centricity was so important, even with customers who may not have been the best. Yet that manager chose to yell at you and, you know, hold your head up high, young woman, because that behaviour is not okay I would have gone back um and and said that and thankfully that did not that did not um change my belief around that um in fact it was probably about I don't know I think about 12 months later they were marched the manager and the wife were marched out of the company because the company had been taken over this was back in New Zealand the company was taken over and I ended up with that um the one of the, the the people's the office management role at a young age I was still a teenager yet I had learned and I had stuck with it I'd learned everything that I could and the new management who had come in had seen that seen that spark in me and I ended up over you know taking over that role while they were marched out and not that I wanted to you know kind of <laughs> you know don't let the door hit you on the way out not not at all but you know, that environment, you know, things can change and I just continued to learn and apply and do the best that I could and circumstances can sometimes just sort themselves out and get rid of the, you know, the raff. But anyway, again, I digress but I'm sharing this because I wanted to confirm that yes, there are biases and yes, there are environments that are not healthy. And I want to address those in the next lesson. But this lesson around what biases do you have? Do you hold? What lens are you looking through? And the reason I shared my example with previous experience when I first started my career was that my lens could have been um, clouded by that experience that I had with the first managers that I had ever worked for, yet it didn't because the second uh, the managers that took over – um, the company uh, I mean they were just magnificent they allowed me to learn they uh, appreciated me they in in fact I had experience from that young age on how to prepare a company for the stock exchange and to talk to, to, to shareholders and oh they were, it was amazing and it really was a um, an incredible experience and and right the way throughout my career I did not let that 12 months or can't remember how long it was might have been a bit more than that cloud the lens that I looked through because of the biases because of the discrimination because of the bullying actually it was bullying bullying in the workplace um and um yeah I remember some days I would go thinking oh what mood are they going to be in today but anyway thankfully that did not cloud uh my judgment did not cloud and, and and have me create those biases I share why I'll share why too because most recently when I was MCing a women in leadership summit and this is for specifically women who worked in tech there were incredible women who were speaking that day they were part of a panel some of them you know did some keynotes many of them had had successes vast experience across different roles some came from other industries into the tech industry but many of those women shared how thankfully they'd never experienced those terrible those shocking biases and one person she was actually shocked to learn that there were biases at all because she said in all the experiences all the environments that she'd worked in she'd not seen this thankfully and one team that she joined was an all-male team and they were incredibly thankful that she joined them because they told her they valued a female's perspective or perspective to the work then that she brought And so she was able to gain incredible experience in that team and I believe if I correctly um, recall the story that she shared, she was also able to open the door to other women coming on board that team, that working group. However, she could have been looking through a different lens and she could have had a bias towards this group of men because of the fact that she was the first woman to join them. She may have thought to herself, why am I the only woman? first woman to have joined you? Why haven't you opened the door to other women? And she may have let that lens cloud the way in which she approached those men. She may have been very offended even that they said to her, we value a female's perspective, because she could have come back and said, it doesn't matter whether I'm male or female, perspective is perspective. That's what she could have said. She could have had that lens um, towards that and said, so what that I'm a woman? So what that I'm female? Perspective is perspective. I mean, we've heard some other logo slogan type of a thing, haven't we, for certain uh, movements. Perspective is perspective. But she didn't. She saw herself as their equal because guess what? She was no better, no less than any of them. She had her unique skill set her unique approach, her unique perspective because of the fact that she was a woman and was able to bring those perspectives to the table. Look, I'm a firm believer that um, every single one of us, no matter whether we're men or women, uh, have an incredible offering to the team I mean, if we only had women on a particular team, we missed the male perspective and vice versa. I'm glad my husband is able to do certain things that I don't do because let's face it, there's no way that I really want to be climbing on roofs and doing all of those other things too. I mean, there's certain things that I don't actually want to be equal to that at all I don't want to be mowing the lawn I, I mean there are just certain things and I know that I'm kind of being a little bit cheeky here when I say that but I value the differences we should be valuing the differences and you know what and this is why I share this is because how we move forward and how we approach things through the lens that we look through are you looking through the lens of, of bias or are you looking through the lens of opportunity let our differences unite us I don't know who was that said it I'm, I'm, I'm sure someone else has said it Let our differences unite us because together we are better together we are stronger we don't have to compare ourselves to other people and because we elevate ourselves doesn't mean that we need to tread on other people and, and vice versa too and I am convinced that the way that we change the world is to be the change we want to see in the world and we know that that's a, a saying that um, we hold near and dear isn't it be that continue to contribute. Another story that I want to share with you, and I wasn't planning on sharing this, but it had such a profound effect on me that I think it really would hold true to what we're talking about today. Years and years and years ago, I uh, did studies within HR, particularly around um, industrial relations and how to deal with um, yeah, lawsuits within the workplace. And I remember that uh, we were part of a team and we were on the team that was standing up for a person who had been dismissed and I believe it was a woman who went on maternity leave and when she came back her role was gone and they'd broken all sorts of different rules and really had been quite discriminatory towards her. And I had a whole list of things that I was going to bring up, very amicably but with you know, conviction because what they had did had done was not fair, it was not sound and it was not integral. And we were ready to battle. Our knuckles had been cracked, you know, we were prepared. We sat down at that tape and um, the, the the other person, kind of the other party who was on speaking on behalf of the organization, basically opened the meeting by saying, We reviewed all of the information and and we have to say that we have made a mistake we are sorry for our actions and we want to come together today to find a way that we yeah can it's a win-win outcome something around that fact and I tell you what I had to do everything in my power not to let my jaw hit the, the 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 desk because the fact that they had admitted to their, um, you know, to their wrongdoing, and that they wanted to work with us to to have a amicable, you know, win win for her, because you know they were ready to compensate her. To me, it was like, oh, and, and really, I was kind of a little bit taken aback because I was ready to go full out. But and I share that because be that difference. If you want to see change, how are you going to see change? Can you be that change? Can you live it? Can you breathe it and be so? Empowering in that, just like that woman uh, gave you that example, who joined that team, she was such a breath of fresh air within that team. They gladly opened the door, and she gladly opened the door uh, to other women coming in too. You know, us women. When you're talking about biases, and I'm going to say this, and please do not email me or let me, you know, whatever. I've had so many conversations with women, I know this is true. We are our own worst enemy when it comes to biases for ourselves. Let's get rid of imposter syndrome, it's ridiculous. You are wonderful, you are, your gifts and your strengths, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on, are unique. You need to recognise them first, because how can you confidently share them and, and, and use them if you don't even see them for what they are? Are amazing so number 1 bias towards yourself and bias towards others we are our own worst enemies and we are we can often be a worst enemy for other women and i've heard other women admit and that they were quite ashamed of not inviting other women to the team because they were felt threatened that someone else, another female, would come there because of the fact that there were limited opportunities. Well, guess what? If you're on the team, imagine if there was such an impact that other women came on and together you opened the door and pathway for other women so that there wouldn't even need to be a conversation about how many women were on that team. It just was because it just was it, and because it, that's just the way things are and so I think we need to be mindful. For what lens are we looking through are we bringing those biases into the workplace even if we're in our own workplace um, you know in our own companies be mindful of the biases and the lens that we are looking for and so um, yeah that that's that's really what i wanted to share in that particular lesson are we seeing opportunities or are we seeing biases are we seeing opportunities or are we seeing limited uh, projects, limited seats? Well, guess what? Be the change. It matters. What you see is going to determine the results. What you see is going to determine the action or in some instances the non-action of what you do. So anyway, so that's that's number one and, and I can see we're already up to something like 20-something minutes. I mean, I'm ugh, I'm so... This is so important, it really is, to to going towards breaking biases. So breaking the bias lesson two, sometimes you need to know when you are fighting a losing battle and that's this lesson, don't fight a losing battle. Because trying to fix a broken system that doesn't want to be fixed or adjusted or trying to bring change and empowerment into an environment that doesn't really want to change Well guess what, there comes a point in time when you are better off just saying thank you very much and then just leaving. It really is because you will get so worn down You will become so despondent if you remain there in that environment, you'll end up burning out. I've got a number of examples that I want to share with you uh, just in case because I know it can be scary when you recognise, you know what, this environment that I'm working in is not conducive. I've had someone very close to me in recent times be in a number of environments where really there was bullying. Um, and I'm going to share a little bit not about the actual person or the, the the organization but give you a generalization because I know that it happens today and guess what it is not okay to not be okay and be in those environments and be to you know be treated by by that or in that way now one particular client she loved her role this was years ago in the career um, industry when I was working there and she came to me because a role that she absolutely loved she began began to to despise and she wasn't clear why and she said why am I now unhappy in my role and when we started to unpack what had happened to her new management had taken over and that new management had changed a significant part of her role which when we looked at her core values were now misaligned to her core values and one of her core values was deep relationships like really strong relationships particularly with customers so she had a quite an expansive cu- customer database who had been her customers for many years so her retention rate was high as were her ongoing sales but this particular new management manager said well we don't need to Keep building on existing relationships. They're already our clients. We want you to go out and get new customers. So This new management did not want her to go and develop, you know, ongoing relationships with her existing customers and she did not like that because she knew that it was through that ongoing relationship building and popping in, you know, every so often and seeing how things are going, checking in um, to find the needs of what they were struggling with. She was then able to, in the future, um, package and put, put forward, you know, as a proposal, different ways that Um, she could help them and that led to more business and growing business and relationship with her company. But she was no longer allowed to do that and she really felt lost so she ended up leaving because she could see that that new manager did not value existing customer relationships and if that was the case then um, she needed to leave because that was one of her core values and a core value that she was not willing to um, to deny or go against because that was so important so she went out uh, and found an environment a company that did value that so what are your core values and are you using them in an environment where you can thrive and add value? And if not, don't stick around. Don't fight a losing battle. Don't stay where where the biases are so great that there's just no way that um, you're ever going to be able to make a change. And if you continue to stay there... You may just end up ha- having your light, your passion, um, kind of minimized to the point that your little flame goes out too, and we do not want that to happen, because you, my friend, are a change maker, and we need you chain making change for the betterment of your environment and the people that you meet, and and um, you know so on. Because those people that you impact are going to go out into the world and impact others. That's just what happens. Another example is around intrapreneurs. And if you don't know what an intrapreneur is, I'm sure you've heard the term entrepreneur, which refers to a person who set up his or her own business with a new business idea or concept. Now, an intrapreneur refers to an employee of an organisation, and they're in charge or they like to make changes and innovate either in a product or a service or a process. They love to change things up for the betterment, for more productivity and so forth. So they're more intrapreneur. Now, I, I've done a podcast interview with a Dr. Irina Yashin Shaw, and she's an expert. She's a thought leader in the area of intrapreneurship. And you can go and listen to that if you, because you might be thinking, hmm. Maybe I'm an entrepreneur and I love to come up with new ideas and I can see ways that we can improve things. Yet when I bring those decisions, forward and uh, those suggestions forward I should say I'm always met with a we've always done it this way and we're always going to do it this way don't rock the boat or something like that well maybe you're an entrepreneur and therefore need to find another environment that's going to value your innovations not all of them of course because otherwise you know we could um, be all over the place but the things that can make the most immediate impact are looked at evaluated and then if it makes sense to implement that so anyway just getting back to this uh, podcast interview ambitious entrepreneur network.com forward slash itl 39 ambitious entrepreneur network.com forward slash itl 39 go and have a listen to that because that will be very empowering i'm sure for many of you again don't fight a losing battle Find an environment that values you, values you, your ideas, your innovations, and are open to making the right changes in order to progress the company. Because maybe the bias that you're experiencing is not really a bias. The organization just can't handle the awesomeness that you bring. They just, you know, they're stagnant. They're they're resistant to change. They, you know, they might be talking about innovation, but in actual fact, they're anything but. Which leads me to the next uh, point around. Um, and not you know staying and, and fighting a losing battle and that is to do with stagnant environments and cultures are unwilling to change even though they may say they do so this particular person was hired within a change management role in an IT company only to find that the role wasn't there at all to affect change but rather um, was just there as a title because they had been told or one of the managers there had been told we need to make some significant change and we want you to hire someone. ...someone who's able to do that within our IT department... ...but that manager said, yeah, I'll go ahead and do that... ...but wasn't really wanting to affect any of those change. Simple changes could have made drastic improvements... ...for a worn out tech team that was swept aside and eventually that new change manager left after feeling very despondent because what can often happen in that environment and this is why i say to you do not stay in an environment that does not value you because you will lose you know don't fight that losing battle because what often happens in those environments is that they twist it and almost make you feel as if there's something wrong with you that it's you that you know and, and it has you kind of doubting then your abilities and you do not want to start doubting and minimizing the gifts and the talents that you bring because someone's not valuing them and it's got nothing to do with you in the right environment you would thrive and the right environment would nurture that in you so get out of that environment get out of that environment again don't Fight a battle you can't well win when, and that leads me to the last point in this particular lesson: is if you can't uh, find that environment, then create your own space, create your own platform, make up your own rules, start your own company, and build and grab market share and become so good and a thought leader, a trusted authority in your field. That guess what? all of the other companies that uh, they'll be coming to you and asking you for your support. But I'll give you another example of where this may particularly be too, around a message, because I know many of uh, you are coaches and consultants who work on contract basis for customers you know and so you know you do have a message that you want to share and and recently um, I spoke to one of my colleagues who's got a client who she wants to recommend to me because this particular client of hers has a message she's a change maker and really has a message that will make an incredible difference in the lives of many people particularly uh, around mental health and this particular client wanted to go on various you know radio and tv and be positioned with um, to speak to leaders within you know various institutions and governments and so forth to speak about the change uh, in her programs and so forth But again, you know, there are some institutions, there are some divisions, there are some departments that have their own agendas and they may talk about change, but they don't really want change because that change will impact their own agenda. And so again, don't fight a battle that you can't win. And this is what I said to my colleague, don't try and get onto PR and media, create our own podcast and create a platform that is so valued and getting the message out directly into the ears and the hands of people who need to hear that message. Don't go through someone who's going to filter out all of the the things that really need to be you know shared and heard. Um, so create your own platform, create your own space, make your own rules, be the change that the world needs. You'll make an impact, I'm sure of it, and you will grow your community, you will grow your customer base because you are going to be the breath of fresh air that your industry, that your ideal client, that stakeholders need. And why hasn't there been change to date? Maybe because... It's yours to pave the way to that change. Maybe you are here right now in this moment in time with the challenges that have overcome, with the lessons that you've learned, with the insights, the wisdom, the knowledge that you have developed over years, years and years have brought you to this time and this place to make a stand and to stand up and to speak out, challenge the status quo, pioneer change, Because change is needed and you're the one that has stepped forward. You can own that platform. So don't fight a battle you can't win. Create your own space, your own platform. Make your own rules. And what I'm talking about, not from that selfish, arrogant, but making the rules up that completely um, challenge the status quo of all of the other, you know, your existing industry and all of their rules which are not... Um, you know that are their rules which are bringing biases which is um, you know discrimination and and holding people down and not giving other opportunities you create a place and a space that does and you get so good and you get so big that they'll be wanting to come and work for you Um, so anyway that that is uh, number two don't fight a losing battle create your own Battleground because you know um just your own space and just be the best version of you and your ideal client and stakeholders and uh, team will come over and this is the last one lesson three never dull your magnificence to fit into someone else's mediocre never dull your magnificence to fit into someone else's mediocre A few years ago I was working with a business client. We were working on her personal brand and her message and she said something that really gave me pause. Now we'd identified that some of her unique gifts and strengths was to ask probing questions that would ultimately lead to uncovering incredible opportunities for breakthrough and subsequent change for her clients, for the organisations. And it was her unique style and her unique approach that enabled this type of facilitation i use a branding with archetypes and she had this blend of maverick which is a you know maverick challenges the status quo can be a bit edgy at times but she also blended it with the nurturer so that nurturing maverick uh was just the right blend that made her uniquely her and what she did so well she could challenge Um, the status quo she could break through in a way that has a nurturing style Um, and it was so good when she stepped into her zone it was valuable for her clients as well because it had led to some impressive change transformation um, projects projects that had led to some substantial business growth as well but the comment that she said was this wow What I was told not to do in workplaces because she'd she'd worked in, you know, a number of organisations prior to opening up her own consultancy, she said, wow, what I was told not to do in the workplace, in fact, I was shut out of management meetings because of this, is the thing that is one of my unique gifts and my strengths. Yet over the years, direct management, when I was still working for these companies, had been threatened by it and therefore told me not to speak up. And on some occasions had requested that I don't attend leadership meetings. Yep. Because they felt threatened. They could see that this was her gift. And unfortunately, her magnificent um, did make them feel mediocre, which was really sad because I'm pretty sure that those other managers, if they had not compared themselves to her, but rather focused the lens on what are my gifts and talents? Where can I shine in the workplace? Then they could have shunned together, shone together and lifted each other up and, you know, continued forward. I mean, as I said earlier, and I continue to say, we all have unique gifts and strengths. We need one another to support one another. And just because someone is wonderful in a certain area that you may not be, you're just as wonderful in another area. And that person's probably looking at you and saying, I wish I had more of that. But you know what? We are all bringing our unique talents to the workplace don't look and create biases that really should just be not even bothered about so anyway so back to this um, magnificence of you that you have have you been told something similar have you been told not to do something or not to show up or maybe not to approach something in the unique style and approach that only you can bring because it threatens others in your team They want you to dull your magnificent to fit into their mediocre. Guess what? Don't do it. Don't do it. Find an environment who will value your magnificent, who will nurture it and you can show up every day as your best self. I mean, how many women in the workplace are trying to hide empathy or um, vulnerability or some of the other feminine traits and i you know air quote marks because feminine and masculine whatever being you there's certain things that are just you and some people might think well that's being you know more feminine and that's not suitable within a workplace rubbish rubbish (laughs) that's ridiculous be the best version of you that contribute to projects, tasks on hand, support the delivery of valued outcomes, never ever try to be something or someone you are not because of the ridiculous short-sighted opinions of others. I want to give you an example. Years ago uh, in my career consulting practice, I worked with a client who started her career as an office admin and over the years had uh, become somewhat more of a leader within her organization and I helped her develop her resume and then it wasn't till about another 6 or 7 years she came back she emailed me and when I told her oh I don't work in the career space anymore I'm just with you know working with entrepreneurs now she said oh she said I finally have felt that I have grown into the person that you wrote about in your resume years ago and there's a role that I want to go for and it is a change management role and I could only think of you being able to write my resume because you have been the only one over the years that have truly been able to capture the essence of me on paper and when she said that I thought so I helped her that I learned so much through working with her that second time we updated her resume. In an actual fact, it was through her experience that, um, you know, over the years and me reflecting on that I, as I was putting together her resume that I came up with what I now call um, the distinction triad. It's a model that I now teach because she exuded this distinction triad and i'll share what the distinction triad is in is, is a moment um she had been able to go from office admin to now overseeing within change management roles multi-million dollar t- often technical change management programs for semi-government organizations she'd gone from strength to strength um in, ...within the workplace. And as I wrote her achievement statements... As I reviewed her career, I identified that there were three distinct areas that she'd continuously brought forward into the workplace and that was a reason that she had gone from strengths to strengths and it's something that we can all use. It's something that is available to us all, not if we look through the lens of bias. So We need to break through that bias. How? By looking through a different lens, whether we're an executive working in corporate or an entrepreneur working in our own business and here are the three things in the distinction triad we have aptitude attitude and approach now this particular client who is now a change management consultant overseeing multi-million dollar IT projects for a semi-government organization who had started off as an office admin who is very self-conscious when we first met many 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 years ago she had aptitude attitude and approach all three of those and had continued to use and leverage all three of those in her career aptitude aptitude is your talent its strengths its skills and knowledge your attitude is your character so your mindset your beliefs and frame of mind um, and your approach is your style the temperament, how you react to certain specific situations, your sensibility to those things. And each of those are important. You have to have all of those. And when blended together can be powerful, helping you really to stand out in the workplace. And she did because she didn't operate in her approach of typical, you know, um, style that maybe you might say being very direct and being very autocratic, which you might think that, you know, that's the way that you need to oversee a team. Her approach was being empathetic. It was being um, thoughtful for her team was having closer relationships with them and finding out, how can I be of service to you? How can I support you in doing, you know, the best uh, possible? When she handled issues and problems rather than flying off the handle, she approached it in the way her calm approach she brought all of the best of her to the relationship in her approach in her attitude her character and her aptitude and that continued to strength go from strength to strength so how clear are you on your aptitude on your attitude and on your approach especially those unique and uncopyable aspects of you can you define them are you leveraging them so that you can distinguish who you are, much better, bring that out much better in the workplace, whether you are working for yourself or uh, as a business to better serve and support your ideal client or your team and customers. So in summary, what lens are you looking through? Are you seeing biases or are you seeing opportunities? Now sometimes those opportunities And the best opportunities, those best gifts, as one of my clients um, talks about the gift mindset, comes in challenges. Maybe there is some there, some you know, need for change. Look at it as an opportunity, but not you know, from the lens of a bias and, and victim mode, but an opportunity to be the breath of fresh air in that particular area. But maybe you realise, even after trying to make some change, that the environment doesn't want to change, the individuals don't want to change, and you need to get out of there because, number two, don't fight a losing battle. Create your own platforms. Bring your own um, rules and ways of doing things, a breath of fresh air into your industry. Create your own and have people follow you. And thirdly, never dull your magnificence to fit into someone else's mediocre. Never, ever, ever. And in closing, can I just say how awesome you really are. You really, really are. And if you are in an environment or maybe you're working with a client who just doesn't value you and it feels like an uphill battle and there really is... Some bias there, change the lens, look at it as an opportunity. Can you change something that maybe um, through your attitude or your approach or you setting some boundaries and saying this is what it's going to be moving forward or otherwise? we need to look at parting ways and you can do that amicably too you don't need to leave a place of employment or you don't need to leave a particular customer on you know with such ill will that you're on non-speaking terms you can leave amicably as well you decide how you want something to go you can't control someone else how they're going to respond but if you can hold your head up high with integrity and excellence in all that you do then no one can come back to you and say anything else against your character Side. And one last thing before I go, and I know this to be true with every fibre of my being. You really are awesome. As I mentioned to you earlier, I'm a Christian, and I know that each and every one of us, even if you may not realise it yet, we have been created by a creator who is himself awesome, by the way. And there's a Bible verse that I absolutely love. It's Psalm 139, verse 14, that uh, it's King David. David is a story about a guy called David, and he's talking to, to the Lord, and he says, David says, to the Lord I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful I know that full well I am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful can I say that to you I want to read that over you and speak that over your life you are fearfully and wonderfully made and now fear is not meaning of scared or being overpowered or anything like that fearful in in this particular term when we look back at the um the original text i believe it would have been um hebrew uh, or maybe even greek anyway one of those um the word fearful means awe in awe so you are made and you know and wonderful and awe inspiring that is you how cool is that so if that is how you were created and wonderfully made and the fact that the lord's works are wonderful you are wonderful then leverage look at your gifts and talents and strengths that way to find the environments that's going to value that but to be able to do that you need to see that value in your own gifts strengths and talents so again what lens are you looking through is there a bias lens maybe towards yourself are you maybe needing to change that? Because once you change it and see that you too are fearfully and wonderfully made, you've got gifts and talents to be able to offer the world and to make a change, um, then, yeah, those opportunities are there. So, okay, I'm going to leave it. That is a pretty long show. But anyway, I hope you have found that valuable. This is the sort of thing, by the way, that we get to do um, in the Influence Alliance. If you haven't heard about that, that's specifically for coaches and consultants. Um, My membership program, theinfluencealliance.com, would love for you to check us out. Maybe you recognize that you don't really know your gifts and skills and strengths and talents, and so you want to get some clarity around that so that you can step up more intentionally and purposefully with what you do. And you want to have a bit of chat with me to see how we might be able to work privately just go to my website anmariecross.com forward slash let's chat and we'll make a time in our calendar to speak and by the way if you have enjoyed the show and you haven't done so already love for you to leave some feedback over on apple podcast and if you've got a friend or a colleague who you believe could really benefit from the topic of today's show about breaking the bias so that there is an environment that can embrace everyone We don't have to be in competition with each other because we can work together. We need one another to support one another. Together we can lift each other up and make a much better impact in the world. And if you think that this particular uh, episode could certainly support them, could you go ahead and share it with them? I would so appreciate that and I so appreciate you. And I look forward to helping you grow your business, become known as that trusted authority in your industry to become the choice versus just a choice with your ideal client. Not because you're saying that you're better than everyone else. No, 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 no. Because that would kind of be a little bit arrogant, wouldn't it? We're not arrogant. But we are saying you're better placed to help that ideal client. And that's why you become the choice versus just a, a choice. And if that sounds like something you want to find out more about, reach out, look forward to having a chat with you. Anyway, bye for now. Have a wonderful International Women's Day celebration wherever you are in the world. You're awesome. Bye for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-sweetradio.com.